0: Hello, and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to wherever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. It's a new year. It's
1: a new
2: decade.
1: So Happy New Year, gents. How are we doing?
2: Happy New Year, Ben. I'm full of optimism. I'm not sure about Simon.
1: I'm just hoping that Andy's resolution is to be much more positive and to be much more positive in everything he does, including the podcast and in work. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys 2020. In- I can't believe
2: I, well, well, I, well, I'm listening to you already, Ben. <laughs> We're less than a minute into the new year and he's slagging me off. There's no more positive bloke around than me about regional rugby and Welsh rugby. It's What's
0: the matter with you? It's going to be a long year. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into uh, 2020 a little bit later on. But let's start with um, the first rugby festivities of the year, and that's the the derbies, the last of the festive derbies this weekend. Um, I mean, decent affairs so far. we got two more left on the table let's start with Friday night's game Blues against the Scarlets at a, a sold out Arms Park
1: well there's about 200 tickets left as we speak um, it was a sellout uh, on the Boxing Day games of the Dragons I mean it's a long time since so you've had two full houses at the Arms Park for successive games I hear that the tickets are going well for Dragons um, Ospreys, against the Ospreys yeah. on Saturday. So it was good because obviously we had the first round of uh, derbies on the 21st and there were disappointing crowds, you know, I think five and a half at the uh, Rodney Parade, six, six and a half, something like that. So and I know it's different on Boxing Day, but that's why I think this weekend is particularly encouraging because, you, you know, you've moved out of the... the whole. I mean, people are still a lot of people are still off work, you know, but you have moved out of the real sort of holiday festive period um and you've got a good crowd coming up. And it just shows, you know, that Blue Scarlet's probably the two... That's
2: the pick, that's the per, pick of the region of that. Yeah, two form teams, teams in the minute. Period.
1: Yeah. You know, but strong sides, aren't they, as well? You've yeah. done the team news today. Tell, what's, tell the listeners what the team news is.
2: Strong, uh, both, uh, you know, almost uh, fully loaded, if you like. You know, anybody, everybody who's fit, basically, is playing. It's going to be a huge battle. Um, Scarlet's coming to uh, Cardiff, looking for revenge after getting pummeled twice by the Blues last uh, season. Um, if they win this match and Munster lose at Ulster, Scarlets will go to- uh, likely to go top of the table. And if the Blues win a match, Scarlets don't get anything. Blues could overtake, or Scarlets could be up the third in the table.
1: It's interesting if you look at Conference B of the Guinness Pro 14, there's only six or seven points, between, points between the, the top six. six, you know. So, and the Blues, I think, for three or four behind the Scarlet. So, it's a, four, it's yeah. a pivotal game in that group, you know, mm-hmm. because um, there have been a few wobbles. Connaught have wobbled a little bit, um, Edinburgh. Um, against Glasgow you know those were tight games and they're all it's all concertining in that, in that section whereas if you look at Pool A there's a bit more of a gap where you've got um, Leinster I've moved ahead a little bit and Elster as well oh, Leinster got a massive yeah, yeah so maybe, 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 but Conference Pool B you know, Conference B that, that is really wide open and it gives an added significance to this game from a Wales perspective I um, always, always looking at that with the Six Nations around the corner some fascinating head-to-heads on Friday night at the Anns Park Um, i'm particularly looking forward to seeing ben thomas against hadley parks you've got you know the man in possession of the wales jersey and then the young pretender who's coming through and offering something a bit different in terms of a a more of a playmaking 12 with his decision making his handling and his running game that that'd be really that's his biggest test yet ben probably see how he comes through that and the scrum half that's the
2: deal i'm uh, looking forward to you know uh Giles Davis, uh, first choice scrum half, and uh, Warren Gatland um, since Reese Webb made himself unavailable we can't miss the Webb later by the way and uh, Thomas Williams war number 9 against the Barbarians for Wales, both in form both the spiky characters I'm expecting fireworks from those two it won't surprise me at all if those boys are not involved in some form of confrontation both great players and uh, Trifrets as well they've got X Factor and I'm sure because uh, against the Barbarians Thomas Williams showed his magic and then Gareth Davis came off the bench and he said whatever Thomas can do I can do as well and he showed his magic yeah. I'm so. fascinated
1: by the back row battle as well I mean if you look at it you've got two teams there with you know, we talk about Wales is you're spoiled for choice in the back row. Both of these teams. In fact, you got Ollie Robinson's on the bench for the Blues. Says a lot. He's starting. with Nick Williams is fit again. There to be watched by his mother for the first time in the in the in the, in the north in the Northern Hemisphere. So that's a, that's a big occasion for him. He'll be very very pumped up. And alongside, and you have got Naved. Great to see him back. And Will Boyd has probably been one of the signings of the season. And then the Scarlets. Josh McLeod was fantastic against the Ospreys. He wasn't he? You know, over the ball. Kasim and Blade Thompson. Shingler, yeah, I
2: mean, with Blade <laughs> Thompson, he's on a bench. Yeah, yeah. start, and Shingler's playing exceptionally well, and he's mounting a real case to be with the Wales Six jersey in the Six Nations. Such an athlete and such a good line out forward, and you know he can play that tip-top passing game that pivot is looking. Wayne pivot is looking to for Wales to play in the future.
1: If there is an area where that I would imagine Scarlet supporters would hope they'd be able to get on Tosh be the front five. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was, that's what I was going to come on to because
0: you're talking there about all these sort of. Wales battles in the back row and the back line, but if the Scarlets turn the screw, a lot of those battles might not even come to fruition
1: because it, it might be settled for them, might not it? That's
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: This big, powerful second row they've got. Yeah. With, with, what are they calling him? Tex, <laughs> Tex Ratuva yeah. who is an interesting character. He, yeah, he, he got, walks. He, the cards. he walks. He, cards. he walks the wire. That yeah. boy, doesn't he? You know. But it's a long time releasing. I think you know I, I, the could, Scarlets have been looking for something like him, haven't they? Yeah.
2: And Jake Ball is on top of his game as he was in. The the oh, great run he had the other night, yeah. You know, and their front, uh, front row, though their scrum has been—they uh, will target the blue scrum, mm. I suspect. Although I was at, uh, suggest the, um, uh, the scouts got Werner Kruger playing at tight end prop. He's not the um, not the best scrummager in the world, so that battle could be a bit more even than perhaps people with them, um, uh, you know, would expect. Mm. So it's going to be... I I think this is a weather forecast pretty good. I think this is a game that could be like a 40 points to 30 job. But a lot of points.
1: I'm particularly looking forward to, I hope so, anyway. to, the, to the fact that the forecast is quite good. Hmm. We've seen a lot of wet weather rugby over the Welsh Derby so far. But you've got two teams here who in the dry like to play rugby on the artificial surface. This could be a, a you know a high scoring game. People like Ryan combeer I can't wait to see him in action you know, up against a back three of Adams Lane and, and uh, Hallam Amos. You know, it's a good test for him. He's, he's someone who can step you in a phone box. He's in that Shane Williams, Jason Robinson mould, you know, and I really enjoyed watching the way he played against the admittedly beleaguered Ospreys. And I think in the, in the, in the back line as well, um, you know, Angus O'Brien... That's an interesting one for me because if you look at the, the scarlet situation, um, they obviously lost Patchell. Yep. Um, Dan Jones is Dan in Dan Jones, Jones has rib. taken a bang to the ribs over in the first game. Um,
2: Ryan Lamb's there as well. But Angus what, O'Brien, he stepped yeah, up, hasn't what, he? What, really stepped what up. What was interesting with uh, Angus was he played really well against Bayonne in um, Europe. Yeah. and then, But they decided against the Dragons to go with um, Dan Jones. Didn't last long. And he had Lamb on the bench. I think they uh, uh, realised now that was a mistake because Lamb came on in that game and uh, wasn't great. And uh, so they gave Angus O'Brien another chance against the Ospreys and he was superb. He's a good creator. He, you know, he, he is. It's him and both his brothers, by the way, an excellent uh creators of course he was he was released from the Dragons by Bernard Jackman yeah. and uh, he is if if Angus O'Brien with the ball is a really talented player he's got a passing yeah. game he can run and that cross and that uh, uh, kick pass game is excellent
0: I suppose the one thing that we haven't seen from him yet in a scarlet jersey is how he deals with close matches and, and closing out matches because he's been man of the match against Bayon and Ospreys yeah, when, when they're Canada. both 40 odd points and he had the space to sort of, you know, kick, kick to the corners yeah. and kick to the wings and find space. If this game is is a bit tight, it'll be interesting to see how, we, how he fares with that. Well, you've got two outside yeah. halves whose first thought is
1: essentially to keep the ball in the hand, yeah. you know, with him and Jared Evans. Um, uh, and of I l- course, the other thing with Angus, he is coming back from a really serious knee injury as well as so we got you know he deserves some credit i just think you look at it overall you've got probably you might say the blues slightly edgy in the back division because there are a couple of absentees in the scarlet's there but, but you would say in the back row you know cancels each other out so we we come back to that front five i mean the blues you know they've, they've, it's been an issue with them for a couple of years two or three years now the second row josh turnbull continues to do a huge job for them there you know in in, in the row and Interesting
2: to see James Ratty has come through because we both we both liked what we've seen of them this season, aren't you, Yeah, I rate James Ratty, did it at each grade uh, level and when I saw him have a few games for the Ospreys in the um was it, the old Anglo Welsh Cup? Yeah. Uh Rattie's a good player. And uh, Big workload. Yeah. I'm, you know, I think he's a really good acquisition uh, for the Blues. I think believe he decided to leave the Ospreys of his own accord.
1: Yeah, he was. He told me that he had an opportunity to stay on, but felt he needed a change, and you know, a very bold decision to take a step down to go and join the Cardiff club side. I, very much of the view that he could make an impression there. Aware, perhaps there was an opportunity for someone to come through in the second row. The blues the injury to Rory Thornton's opened the door for him, and he's been excellent. You know, his, his tackle count he was over twenty. I think his tackle count to last week, and uh, he's he's a good athlete. You know, willing carrier. Um, yeah, I, I think he's been a good acquisition for them. And I find it quite a hard game to call, to be honest. I think the Scarlets will
2: win this game. They're a bit too much for him. Uh, up front and maybe out of power I think mm-hmm. you might be right. Uh, uh, but the, the question I got off the of you side, is why oh, is this game being played at the Principality Stadium? You know Gareth Anscombe, Wales star, said the other day. You know oh. he pointed to the bad weather Let for the add. derbies. Is why not stage like Judgment Day over the festive period? Right, not bigger Like I, I watched that Edinburgh Glasgow game lower tier at Murrayfield packs what was it? twenty cents That was a fantastic. Yeah, game was very good, so that helps generate
1: the apps Right. Here's what I've got to say that. I, I did notice that there weren't an awful lot of people who agreed with you Correct. on the Boxing Day. <laughs> and I can see why, because... <laughs> Uh, uh, My turn now, my turn now, my turn now. Now, now. If you're going to have a judgment day, traditionally the kickoffs are about 3 o'clock and 5.15. The last bus out of Cardiff on Boxing Day was 5.30. I almost missed it myself, right? So if you're going to have it then, you just don't have the public transport. I know you're going to say what happens but other places, they drive, blah, 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 blah. You know yourself that Boxing Day... You've got people. If it was Judgment Day, you'd have to, people travelling from West Wales. There, there wouldn't be the public transport to get them back and forth. And you also know that on Boxing Day, it's a day out with friends and family, and people like to have a post Christmas drink, watching before the game. I was in the the pubs of Cardiff were packed, rammed before the game. It's a social event. It just doesn't matter. And more importantly, I think. I don't think Boxing Day is the day that needs the boost because you've already got the big crowds on Boxing Day. Yeah. It's other times of the season, like maybe September, October time, about, and later more in the about season. This weekend. This That's weekend again, I I don't think if you had this, uh, are you talking about just the Blue Scarlet game at the stadium or both games uh, potentially? Neither. I'm not sure you would get a big enough crowd at the stadium to justify it. I think if you're going to have an event like that, you need to be looking at 50,000, 60,000 to make it work financially. Because let's be honest, Judgment Day doesn't lead to increased crowds through the rest of the year. It hasn't in six, seven years. It's a one-off financial event. So you've got to stage it on a day where you're absolutely confident you're going to get numbers. Yeah, if they decided this Saturday, for example, um, January 4th, to have both games at the stadium and they marketed from the start of the season, I wouldn't have a huge issue with that. The,
2: the Blues, mind, have got every right to stage one game a season at the principality stadium anyway, in terms yeah. of agreement with the but WIU, and wh- which they have done successfully what, in the past, what, I might add.
1: What you have to understand as well is that Judgment Day is not very popular with the week-in, week-out yeah. season not, tickets of the region. I'm not
2: saying it should be Judgment Day, just maybe this is a one-off event, at the stadium off the Blues' but own the, back.
1: What you would also possibly say is that the Arms Park, a packed Arms Park largely a home crowd is a big, big advantage.
2: Yeah. I'll yeah. come in England the other day then at Harley 75,000, yeah. yes. You know, so they, it's all about making money.
1: Rather, a few more people and, live in London, I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, but it's all about making money at the end of the day. Why do <laughs> <the laughs> Lens have matches? The well, Riva.
1: all I would say Lens, is why I you would suggest well? I would suggest you give Mr. Richard Holland a phone call why and, a bass uh, and, and, and s- away? see what Dickie's got to say about your suggestion.
2: He's not all, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richard.
1: <coughs> so, it's he an likes his gear. It's an interesting idea. Uh I've taken it on board and filed it. Move on. Uh,
2: so, oh, so negative again. All I see, Ben, he is that's negative because he's not interested in making money and he's always pleading about other regions of cash trap. And there's a chance to make money when you turn it down.
0: That's the first of them for twenty twenty. Let's move on to the second derby then. That's uh the Osprey, the Dragons hosting the Ospreys at Ronley Parade, looking for, in their own words, a fifth consecutive uh home derby win. One of them was a preseason friendly against the Scarlets, I'd like to add. But um,
1: still, last time the Ospreys were there
0: was this time last year, and, and they did a number on them
1: then. Well, the interesting thing, I was down at the Dragons press conference on Monday, um, speaking to um, Sam Davis and Dean Ryan in particular about this game. And what was interesting <coughs> was the whole. Debate about well, how do we deal with the fact we're no favourites? Because that's a rare thing for the Dragons in, in any game over the last decade, really, but certainly in, in Welsh derbies, and they are. I think most people. Looking at this season's Ospreys, I think have only won one out of thirteen games yeah. in all competitions. Yeah. Dragons have won six, which by their standards is a good, maybe even seven or six. I think it is, yeah. Um, but they they're in a much better position than the, the Ospreys. They've got confidence. There was a real buzz. But he, like as Dean Ryan and Sam Davis were saying, this is something new. They, they've got to deal with how the expectation that is suddenly upon them. You know that they people were expecting them to win. But I must admit. I've you know I, I'm really enjoying going down to those press conferences and you know it's, it's, it's always an experience interviewing Dean Ryan because he can give you that old stare but you know what I like about him is that you know he's just really good value because he, he explains things clearly he gives detail he gives insight and you can see when you listen to him talk why he's made a big impact there because he, he, he seems to keep things pretty simple
2: when, he, when he's educated the player, I've been educating him. The simple things like with the lineout this season—they started with the lineout that they just started by throwing to the front, and it was just their basic thing was just to win the ball. You know, when you get the opposition twenty-two teams like to throw long because it's better for your backs, but they didn't do that initially. Now he's added all things like that to the game. He kept it so simple to start off. It's been, a, a, you know, someone prominent said, "Oh, Dean," he called him a, an educator, Dean Ryan. uh, how he goes about this business and the work he does with the uh, uh, players so yeah of course the other thing is you mentioned him already Sam Davis he's made a huge difference because they were desperate for an an outside half and let's not beat around the bush they should beat the Ospreys comfortably because that Ospreys display at the Scarlets was one of the worst I've ever seen from the Ospreys unless they get some of their big hitters back for this match Alan jones does he like to play? No, Perhaps he's not, not. Going to play. George North. The others, they need other players. They, you know, they were shocking at the Scarlets. I know they haven't um, got a defence coach but it didn't look like they've done any defence and and worst of all, the players' attitude, a lot of it. As Justin Tippett said afterwards, he didn't mince his words. He said they let the jersey down. Didn't play with pride and that was absolutely Uh, uh, a parent because some of those boys you know I don't think they they knew what they were doing or wanted to know yeah my understanding is Alan Jones is a week or
1: maybe two weeks still away should be okay in terms of back before the Six Nations we expect George North to be involved it'll be his first appearance since he had that hamstring problem in the World Cup the end of his World Cup um Osprey's are
2: in a difficult position should George North play centre and it's much because Wales is a problem position looking at the six inches because of injuries so so centre um, it did seem, didn't it, that when you looked at
1: the Barbarians game, that it was Josh Adams who was the one they were maybe seeing as somebody you could switch to the, the centre row. So we'll find out. It'd be interesting because they are short in the centre. They've had injuries to Kieran Williams. Um, Scott Williams went off with a nasty facial injury in your game against, against the Scarlets. So yeah, you, you never know. But, I mean, I, I just think that you've got two teams there in very different places mentally. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I, th- I would say the other thing has been a masterstroke by Gene Ryan from talking to the players. He's bringing in Olivier Azam. We oh, all yeah, remember him. Yeah. He was a fiery old character. Yeah. But it was interesting to to Aaron Jarvis, who's, who's playing well himself at the moment. He was saying that Azam um, is a very different character as a coach, very calm, and he's just done little di- different things. And he says little things can make... Big differences and his has come in and and you can see the strides of someone like Leon Brown. Brown. Well, We've talked a lot about Leon on here before but the penalty he was given early season obviously had the disappointment of missing out in the World Cup but he you now is a player who's really coming on and with the injury to Thomas Francis out for the Six Nations Leon could have a big part to play for Wales in this coming Championship
2: I just wonder as well if Aaron Jarvis Jarvis could play well side, I asked Aaron. either play either play I, side of the scrum I, I, and I, you know Wales uh, like Samson Lee what's happened to Samson, Samson Lee uh, scrummaging he hasn't made a Scottish uh, t- uh, starting team for this uh, uh, match with the Blues Um Jarvis, could he do it wrong? Well, I asked him could that. I asked job? him that. He said, okay. "Like, oh, you never say
1: never. But I think my time has gone. He, he's 33. Now he's saying I'll be 37 come the next World Cup. I think they'll go with the younger players. I mean, I think the three tight heads... he got injuries, though. The three tight heads that will be chosen for by Wales of the Six Nations will be Dylan Lewis. I spoke to Dylan this week. He's hoping to return, hopefully, in the game against Leicester next week, which is a good good news. It's he's got a hamstring here. problem. So he's hoping for that. Um, so he, Dylan will be there. I think Leon Brown will definitely be there. Interesting to see if they go for Will Griff John from the sale. I
2: I am seeing a following comment.
1: But he's somebody who's been strong in the Premiership for two or three seasons. No, very
2: solid. But he didn't didn't start against Bath. I mean, Samson seems to have gone down the pecking order a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, but of course, Pivak and Stephen Jones. They know him. They know him well, perhaps they think. But yeah, Samson has actually been. You know, a bit of a disappointment, really. But I mean, on this
1: Ospreys' uh, dragons game, yeah, you, you would you would say the dragons are favourites. Um, the one thing they did. Um lack a bit against the Blues there was there was a bit of a lack of uh, attacking threat in, in mid you know outside backs really um, but but their set piece was very strong their scrum they go on top of the, of the Blues in the scrum and they got a very well organised line out drive try so you know the Osprey's strength over the years has tended to be a very strong yeah. pack yeah. but I, I think
2: the Dragons will hold their own yeah. just a question of whether they can create a bit more behind yeah but the Osprey's their confidence is shot yeah Won once this season, and the um once since I think it's about September the tenth. So Treviso Benetton Treviso You know, Benetton, Trevizo, you know it's very, victory. it's extremely difficult then, isn't it? When a shot, well, you know, what will give them a lift is when when the people like Alan Win and that come back. But the Ospreys is not just it, they. It all starts with them with injuries. They just got such a lengthy injury list. It's not the first t- first choice players, though. but is, is it's injuries, key second choice players, who is, are missing? Is injuries the be-all and end-all of,
0: of the Osprey's problems? Because, I know you can blame it on injuries, but for me, I think the Scarlet result probably highlighted to a lot of people that maybe these problems
1: up and down the region lie a lot deeper than just players being out injured Well it was interesting you had that statement put out this week about the departure of finally confirmed of Alan, Alan Clark. Clark, and said within that I think that the the person, the conduct issue was not being uh, followed through that was the statement they, they put out you know and it's it's not been a great saga really has it
2: No that hasn't and it, you know they appointed to the Ron Book when he appointed to Clark as coach do their problems go back as far as when Andrew Hall was in charge was chief executive and came up and uh, you you know uh, because if you look at their results on a silver way it's gone uh, they haven't touched it uh, since 20 um, won a title since 2012 and before that it won four which was then a record four league titles in Anglo-Welsh Cup did their problems start with Hall when he got rid of Lynn Jones Sean Ollie, etc brought in Scott Johnson you know Johnson Hall both have had a lot of jobs you know I'm dubious about them they're whore now. Went New South Wales Waratahs. Their results have gone downhill. He's left now. He's gone to the Auckland Blues. Let's see how he how he does with them. So does it go back that far?
1: Do you? It's, it's, I mean, in a short term or short to mid-term, Mike Reddick's obviously been brought in as a consultant. We know he stayed on to do the, the full Christmas period. Do you think Mike is gonna be there on a longer
2: term well, well I wrote to the if he if he uh, if he, uh basically, if he wants a job he would, there would be a newly created post of performance director for Ruddock with a head coach working under him. So he'd be like the overseer for the rugby side uh the operation. And would he, he's, he's Carl Hogg likely to be that head coach, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. But of course he already need a backs coach for next season match out's uh uh, leave it Hog has obviously got a contract but so I don't I don't know what this has going been a problem in. for a
0: while though that they, they, they've needed certain mm. coaches that they haven't had like at the end of the day Alan Clark was a forwards coach who probably would have been better served staying as a forward coach but they gave him the head coach job got another forwards coach in let two defence coaches go never replaced a defence coach had him working with an attack coach who probably didn't suit his
1: attack I, philosophy I mean let's be honest they can effectively write off this season now they, they're not going to qualify in Europe they, no. I no. mean they're so far down in the Pro 14 that realistically you can't see them qualify However. so do they just look to next season now I mean do they consider let's put the name out there do they consider someone like Robert Howley that'd be a big call cool, wouldn't it?
2: Well, they could consider him. Usually Obviously, experienced yeah.
1: coach. He'll be available for
2: next season. Will he team. be available? What, what, what? Are they keeping his job open for him? Because they've appointed a caretaker coach. So I suspect they're keeping that open Do things need to change even higher up for, for, for there to be substantial change at the Ospreys? Are you, are you aiming at the Andrew Millward, I take it, is it? Potentially. Yeah. Possibly. But people have criticised the number of young players coming through the Ospreys now. But if you look at the young players who are coming through, there's some of the best young players in Wales are with the Ospreys. People like Dewey, like... People like... Uh, Harry Morgan, Tina Thomas-Wheeler, Will Jones. So I don't think that's a problem. Their problem on the field has been the fact they've been almost picking a third-choice team this season, Be like Liverpool Football Club, picking their third-choice team. They wouldn't win. They won't be very high up in the English Premiership if they had to pick that side. I mean,
1: obviously there's been criticism levelled at Millward. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we wait to sort of see what, how Rob Davis views the future. A huge amount depends on him. Um but I, I suppose you, you can say on the more positive side they, they do seem to be sort of making the attempt to sort of get things in place for next season the signing of Reese Webb Andy mentioned him earlier who's uh, been released um, by Toulon they've agreed to his request to, to go home a year early because of his family issues that's a big statement signing in terms of you know the fact that he's willing to go there given all the issues and that they brought him in Yeah, but
2: nobody else in Wales wanted him is that what I understand you? Yeah. true or false
1: keep it light uh,
2: well <laughs> no I know, I, I, you know I, what I I I'm saying because they look at his age profile and what have you if he comes back in place of Wales, how much often? How much of the region well, you yeah. going to get? I mean, away? I don't know. If, I don't know if you but can. Go, I, don't, I
1: don't know if you can go so as far as to say nobody else in Wales wants him because I don't know that. Depends but need, it, needed, needed him is probably the better yeah, word. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that Did, that's a good signing for them at a time when they were facing a difficult period. You know, the word is hopefully that you Justin Tipperick might stay. That'd be a, you know a big big plus for them if he could. But they have to get the coaching situation sorted. Yeah, and they hey. need they need to they they need to let people know because it's difficult to sort of. In Encourage other people to come there. If you haven't, if, well, who's going to be my coach? And if you can't answer yeah. that,
2: well, it's a perfect time, isn't it, for Mike Ruddock? Ospreys at the lowest of the lows, and you know it's nothing better for Ruddock. Same as with them with Wales in uh, after 2007 World Cup. Ruddock when he started at Swansea, they were at the lowest of the lows, and there's only one way to go, and that's upward. And when you look at the squad already, or the potential first team of the Ospreys, it's a really good team, as good as anything in. Uh, wales so uh it wouldn't surprise me at all if reddick you know reddick uh, uh assuming he wants to uh, move back permanently to wales he should uh, he'll really fancy this job of uh, transforming the ospreys but the ospreys do need results this season no but they can't write the season off because if they don't get results they're not going to sell season tickets for next season i mean that, money is right that,
1: that's the mid to longer term the immediate term is this game um what do you think this um, bonus or, point win to the Dragons Yeah, uh, you wouldn't have heard that many times in the past would you with the well uh, star beam I think yeah, the Dragons should win it hmm. and I think given their set piece strength recently and the way in which Roddy Williams and Sam I mean the question is can they, can they roll this, the top players out again for one more time they've had an extra day and they, they've you had plenty of time come on <laughs>
2: it's not that they're not playing three times a week are they come on <laughs> The only thing that could hold, the only thing that could hold them back in this is what you said earlier was about their their creativity out wider, uh, and you know obviously yeah, yeah. And they've got I mean, I
1: was, in Ashton Hewitt and Jared Ross say, you know they've got two wings with a bit of gas there you you just like to see them given the opportunity it, it it kind of stuttered in midfield last week against the Blues but it was bad weather let's see hopefully a bit drier this weekend um, I hope so, yeah yeah and I I think yeah the Dragons should win I should win reasonably comfortably. There we go. You two have agreed on two predictions. Oh, what
0: a what a start to the new year. I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Let's reflect on the last decade, and let's and also look ahead. That's decade. Yeah, it's it's the end of a decade. Decade's done. What was that decade called, by the way? The <laughs> Teens, I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> we're, in, we're in the 20s now, it's the swinging, 20s. swinging 20s. So, okay, let's um, first of all, let's just reflect on the last decade, the decade dominated by Warren Gatlin in Welsh rugby. Um, off the top of your heads, and this is uh, probably asking too much you know. sort of let's just pick, say, best game of the decade to begin with. Oh, he's put his hand up, it's like school,
2: undoubtedly. Wales against England 2013. Actually, Ollie was in charge for that game because was on a sabbatical the Lions, though he's playing a role behind the scenes. The thir- record 30 points free demolition of England to mug the English for the Six Nations title. Wales was simply unbeatable that day. If they played like against the All Blacks, they would have beaten the All Blacks. They were just fantastic. The atmosphere, everything about it, it's one of the most complete performances. I've ever seen off. I've seen or ever seen off Wales, and certainly going back to the nineteen seventies.
1: I'd pick the same two teams, but a different fixture. I'd say the twenty fifteen World Cup match. Yes, Wales were fantastic in that twenty thirteen game. Cuthbert, two great tries. Tipperick and Warburton flying around the park like madmen was great to you see. All
2: came from the front five, though. But
1: but yeah, yeah. Adam Jones had a huge game, getting But I go for twenty fifteen because of the circumstance. Never forget it. Players were falling like flies. You know. Dying, you know, left, right, and centre. You were seeing backs disappearing off the field. You ended up with Lloyd Williams on the wing, and somehow they just refused to yeah. give in. That you know, incredible try Gareth, which never get that crosswick and Lloyd Williams. You line out after the rest of his days, and then Dan Biggers winning penalty, and then that line out at the end, which they drove England back into touch. I just think because of the context, everything against them to win that. That that for me stands out as the as the as the result of the decade. You gonna say about that?
2: Oh, well, mine does.
0: <laughs> Hard to argue with that. Um, best try. That's that's a bit more specific. But can you catch your mind back to it? A- well, yeah, I
1: can. Well, does does twenty ten count as the decade? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, maybe I think it wasn't it the 2010 game after which our good friend Mr. Powell Andrew had a little, um, Wales ride, Scotland. now, we talking a ride on the buggy? The, the end, the try from the end of the world there, which Wales scored through Shane Williams. Yeah. When, um, if, if you remember, they went. they was into extra time. Wales had been trailing by loads, and then were, in the very last play, a play that seemed to go on for ages, Shane Williams went over. I mean, that was a, that was an incredible try, and just and the atmosphere from that score so that, that one really sticks out in my mind a great way to start the decade that try yeah. was
2: yeah one that sticks out for me is World Cup 2011 against Samoa Wales were uh, you know on the rack that game could have gone either way Halfpenny had uh, moved to fullback they all come on at fullback he come, with on a, come on at fullback yeah. for hook yeah and um, he um, fielded a ball just in just say his 22 something like that ducked under the tackle and all set off people say you can't counter-attack, t- counter you certainly could then set off, link with Shane Williams and I think it was Shane uh, ended up uh, uh, scoring a try, or arguably kept Wales in the World Cup and he went on to the semi-finals.
1: I'd go with one other one more recently as well, which was Corey Hill's try against England Yeah, it was um, this year. Over 20 phases, and I can't remember exactly how many it was. Um, just the way in which Wales should w- w- they developed a patient game in terms of building pressure, mounting pressure, And again, an absolutely pivotal moment in the game. They've been behind against England. That try, just a culmination of all of the the effort that's been going into the build-up to it. Things that you know, things like that are put in place a long time before in terms of attitude and effort. That was a great try. That was it. Oh, he's got another
2: one. Got another one now. I'm thinking. You know, it takes a while for me to think. Uh, the Sean O'Brien try in the opening test for the Lions in New Zealand, which so Liam Williams started. started out. Liam, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: best best try I've seen in person. That.
2: that was a fantastic try. You know, really can't argue with that. Light. Yeah, uh, individual try, Josh Adams against Scotland last season when he skinned <laughs> when he skinned their defence with a couple of steps. You know, yeah. we were up there, Ben. Yeah, we remember were. That, ben working hard, by the way. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a cracking try. It was. Center. Yeah. Um,
0: because you mentioned 2010, one that's just popped in my head, it's, it's a regional one. Rhys Priestland against Perpignan. Yeah, it was oh, I saw try. a clip of that the other day, actually. It was a great try. If you watch the hands yes. in that, Regan King and Sean Lamont, yeah. who was... Wasn't that 2009? I think it was.
1: Was it
2: 2009? Oh, it was, is he oh, disqu- it was, disqualified?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been. For some reason, I think it was twenty. I thought it was 2010, could, could 2011. Be, could be. Could be. Cause, uh, it's before Rhys played for Wales. He came through 2011, didn't mm. he? No, we we'll have to look that one up. Anyway, it was a good try. Yes, yeah. two fantastic offloads. Well, if building. I'm if I'm wrong, God. the people throwing
0: it around on Twitter are also wrong. Oh, they was, they were throwing right it. Then. They um, were.
1: That was a great try.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, Sean Lamont, it was overlooked for the Scarlet's team of the decade. I might add.
1: Who put that together, Ben? That Me. was that was Andy.
2: Yeah, who did <laughs> I have on the wings? I can't remember. Was it George North? Yeah, I think I did because he's played his best rugby at the Scarlets. Uh, Liam Williams, George North, I think. Oh, I'd,
0: I'd have found room for Sean Lamont or Steph Evans. Oh, did you have Steph on the other wing? No. Oh,
2: I picked the honourability. Steph's a good player, but he's not as good as Liam Williams, he's not as good as George North. Okay, then. Um, what for- do I say about that? Uh, oh, not touching that. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, Johnny McNichol, he,
0: I think he was my fullback, actually. Um, again, not touching it. Um, best player of the decade? Richie McCall. <laughs> do you mean Wales or World?
1: Might as well do, might as well do both since he's gone Richie McCaw off the bat. Yeah, McCaw, McCaw definitely for the world player. I think even better than Carter. Mm. Just incredible player. That says a lot in he only played until 2015. But in that,
2: he only yeah, played, he only played sure. half a decade.
1: But he won two World Cups.
2: Yeah, yeah. Look at him, that the world player of the year, and no, look at the impact they had, those guys had on rugby. And, exactly. where, and where Welsh players.
1: player of the decade, Alan Jones. Uh,
2: followed Falatto. Ooh. It's always, always got to be different, has not it? <laughs> if
1: i had said Falato, you'd have said something different.
2: I would have said Armand Johnson. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, I could argue the case for arguably Wales's greatest player, Gareth Jenkins.
1: Yeah, fine player. Just you know,
2: that. you know, he had a lot. He had a lot of injuries, but he carried on playing for so a lot Sam, of the decades. Sam Warburton, don't get mentioned. No, he's a great, good player, very good player at national level. captain,
0: two Lions tours in that time. No, but you.
1: You can have him. Then. I'll him. him. Exactly. I like him. He's yeah. our
2: mate Sam yeah. yeah. You understand sounds like, sounds a picking sounds, <laughs> yeah, sounds <laughs> a wonderful job. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan, as you know, and as listeners know personally myself, I'm a fan of Justin Timberlake. There we go. Um
0: let's look ahead then at twenty twenty. What what are your wishes
2: for the new year? Uh pivot to carry on the good uh, outstanding work with of uh, Warren Caplan, but uh uh, but Wales being more creative, playing a more uh, slightly wider attacking game. And uh, I know there's some, uh, p- some people are pessimistic, but um, I think if you look at the game overall, not just Wales, other countries are rebuilding. You know, the French are definitely going to be on their way up. Irish are going to need a major rebuild. Uh, Scotland are Scotland, Italy are Italy. Uh, England are the most settled team. But yeah, I, mean, I think Wales can have a really good six nations to start off the decade. they got three home matches. If they can pinch in an away game, you know they probably end with the show of the championship. Um, I think in Wel- Welsh rugby, there's some really good young players coming through. So I am very optimistic about the future of the Wales team.
1: Yeah, I think the style of which this Wales team can play excites me. Immediately in the Barbar's game, you could just see a slightly wider approach where you're having... Both Wayne Wright and Tipbrick popping up in tandem in wider channels seems to be a bit more licensed there. I think that's the one thing people have been keen to see from this new setup. Hopefully, we'll be able to get the, um, the forward solidity to go with that. Um, I think the other thing I'd really like to see in the new year. It'd be great to see a Welsh region win a trophy. I think the Scarlets are the best place to do it. It's going to be difficult because, um, especially in the Pro 14, because Leinster are just an incredible side. But I think if you if the Scarlets get to the um, playoffs, which I think they can, they've got, a, they've got a strong squad now, a squad that will see them well through the Six Nations period, which is always important. I think if they get to the uh, last four, they, they've got a shot at that. And if you look at um, the Challenge Cup, we could see three teams going through to the knockout not that? Who's to say the
2: Dragons Who won't go and win the Challenge Cup? No, oh, they won't win They're not good enough.
1: <laughs>
2: I just want to <laughs> say... <my time. laughs> They're not because what you said <laughs> earlier, they have got
1: enough creativity. And the other thing, runners. the other thing I'd really like to see. Hey,
2: the Scalas could win you know, that. <laughs> yes, they could, could they, not could, not yes they could. Yes, they could, yes. they are a sticky
1: group, The other thing I'd really like to see is a continuation of what we've seen in recent weeks. We've seen Liam Williams returning to Wales. Um, we've seen Reese Webb returning to Wales. Um, we've got players uh, re signing. Um, uh, we, hope, we hope it's just in Tipbreak well. We're seeing other players re signing. Uh, generally, um, Moriarty's an important one. A lot of doubt about it where he's going to end up he's got a big decision to make because he could probably get a larger base salary outside of Wales but then he, he wouldn't be eligible for Wales under the 60 capital, so he would lose his match fees so he could lose, I mean, I mean, lose 150,000 but then of course one injury and he'd lose those anyway yeah, if he was I'm expecting him to be
2: with the Ospreys next season yeah we've read that so yeah, um, yeah nobody and nobody <laughs> an official them has knocked that story it's down his dad yet? yeah yeah uh, Paul, yes,
1: great block, Paul. Yeah, right. Um, and the other thing I'd really like to see—you've seen those like senior players. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great to see um, gradually more youngsters because there's like a, a large number of really talented Welsh kids playing in England. We know about Louis Samet, Ioan Lloyd. I mean, a lot of these players are under contract, but you would just gradually—you would really like to see that there's definitely a focus in the union on retention and repatriation. There's what they call a watch list of um, players in England, Welsh qualified players. That they're going to target. You know the likes of Sam Mort Sale we talked about before. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of these kids around. You know, it'd be great to see. I mean, Falateo, whenever his contract comes up, it'd be great to see him coming back.
2: So that'd be my hope for the next we, we, year. Wales, I've got a policy though. The only target players have registered for their date for the Wales, you know for their Wales excels database. So there's like it's over 500 players on our database in Great Britain and the wider world. So if a player, if he, even if he's Welsh qualified, if he doesn't put his name forward for the, the database, they don't go for that player then because their feeling is if someone's registered for this database, they want to play for Wales. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of them. There's a lot of
1: them to target, and I think that the, the focus is very much on uh, Welsh talent, while still having scope for some quality overseas players, uh, which is always important. So you've seen what they've done. So I mean, you know, I must admit, you know, I, I go into the new year. Excuse me, being negative. I go into the new year with more optimism about the uh, the regional game, the pro- yeah, protein but- game. I think um, the new structure, the new funding model, um, will offer a, a more competitive playing budgets for the regions next season, and uh, I think you know, there are positive signs of things moving in the right direction. Yeah, what I want for the
2: regions, and this is not perhaps their fault. This is the Wyu; you know, they need to, as for their big name players, to be available more often. Play yeah. well, Andrew. Oh come on, man! Is, Wales are clever side, are they? Yeah, you know, it's undermining the regions because these guys are not available enough. I know it's a different year in a sense because we've had the World World Cup, but um, you know, if your stars available a lot more often, and then your teams going to probably have more success. So and then you, more people are going to. So watch do you them. think that
1: the star players were given too long off after the World Cup?
2: Uh, it could have been uh, some guys could have come back a bit quicker and then had some time off. Think it could have spread the uh, spread the workload. Well,
1: that's what I mean, they've done in Ireland, of course. They had them all back playing in the Europe, which is the absolute holy grail for them. Yep. And now they and then Munster played Leinster on, on, over Christmas. and There was two second teams.
2: Yeah, that's because they had an Irish training camp.
1: They were back from that. They'd had this stock take the week before. Mm. but you know they always do that with the Christmas period it's their their their, their attitude is player welfare and you know they and probably WRU would both take the viewpoint that you know the international game is the absolute financial driver of it if you're not Mm. successful at that level nothing's going to work in the game and they will probably argue that come the Six Nations Ireland and Wales will benefit from it whereas perhaps the English players have played more you might see a falling away from them we'll we'll find out in a few weeks
0: indeed Um, one final question who's the name that we should look out for in 2020. Charles Reese Zamet.
1: Because. L- Louis Reese Zammit. Louis. Why have I got Lewis. Charles on a brain? L- it's Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. 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 Right. It <laughs> Lewis. Everyone look out for Charles Reese Zammit. <laughs> Charles Reese Louis, Has <laughs> he got a brother? Lewis. <laughs> I, you know I think one of the Samet. early whales I don't
2: know if he was captain or <laughs> that was called Charles Reese. Anyway. Lewis. Yes, Lewis Reese Zamet despite not being able to get his name right I've been beating his drum for such a long time now I'm expecting him to make his debut for Wales in the Six Nations against Italy I think he's that good a player I think the two best Welsh wingers at the moment are him and Josh Adams and I'll point out that Rhys Zamet, if he does make his debut on February 1st he will actually be older than George North was when George made his uh, made his uh, debut Uh, Reece Samuyt will actually be 19 the following day what a birthday present that would be fantastic player big fast physical great footwork and he's also a good defender knows exactly what he's doing
1: for me Thomas Williams I just think he's at a point now he's come back from that World Cup played second fiddle but every time he did so he made impacts and cameos he was given the first chance against the Barbas and the Pivac and he is at the moment a player Doing some magical things, yeah. and you could see him becoming one of the real stars of this Six
2: Nations. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think oh. he'd be the lion I think he'd be the lion's scrum half in uh, South Africa in uh, what was it
0: twenty twenty one. I suppose if he needed any more incentive, you, you'll see Rhys Webb on the horizon, and then Gareth Davis this weekend.
2: Yeah, but Rhys Webb is—you know—he's yeah, thirty one. Yeah, but in, also, you, know, you know, there's.
0: Reese Webber, you'd expect to at least come into contention for Wales. So, well, for he's Tom, to have to
2: perform for the offense. For, for,
0: for Thomas Williams, he'll now yeah, see this been, as a chance to yeah. really lay down a marker yeah, and, and make sure that there is no sort yeah. of chance of. Yeah,
2: yeah. Reese is not first choice scrum half at Toulon, as he, Simon? Yeah. Talis- no, Baptiste Saneva.
1: Saran is. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was actually number he was man of the match against Toulouse the weekend. Um, yeah, but Reese will come back. He'll be happy. He'll be with his family we have got a couple of years now to really give it a good crack still playing for Wales and you know you could well see come next autumn or even in the summer tour because Rhys will be available yeah, for that. Be, yeah. that you could have a trio of Gareth Davis Thomas Williams and Rhys Webber that ain't, that ain't bad yeah, that's a
2: very good trio isn't it and of course Rhys will have designs on being a member of the Lions party won't he as well as as Thomas Williams and Gareth Davis uh, both would as well for, uh, so all in all uh,
1: I think it it's go. 2020 reasons to be cheerful mm. Indeed Re- Reasons and hopefully regions to be cheerful Oh, oh He's been working on that one <laughs> Someone left
0: the Christmas crackers a bit too late there didn't they um, yeah. That's it for today's podcast Where's my present by the way Aunt?
2: Oh same my god present for you I can't say what's on it, <laughs> <laughs> There we <you> go um, <laughs> uh, That's it for the podcast It <laughs> was a present Dan <laughs> Oh look at that it's great to be back with Simon back good cop
0: bad cop it's great to be back 2020 if you like the podcast give it a follow on Twitter at Welsh Rugby Pod subscribe on iTunes whatever your uh, podcast provider is give it a review there as well and for all the latest Welsh rugby news you can catch it all on Wales Online